It's a good show. Hi, I'm Derek Mears, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio, tempting fate. Wherever you are, putting questions with the songs, which we will randomly select. Here with the help of our friend Synchronicity. Now it's time. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, here in the studio with Dead Rock West. Hello. Hello. Dead Rock West, Frank and Cindy, Dishon, the oracular fodder for our musical divinations. And uh, yeah, I think they're probably think, feeling pretty proud of themselves. They invited uh, they invited X. Okay, pretty cool. And they invited Peter Case. They invited like they all of all these illustrious members of the rock and roll, the firmament of California rock and roll. But uh, I got a pretty impressive guest of my own, a director. A, well, he's just he's, he's just a director, really. <laughs> Jackson Stewart, welcome to Radio Hey Paul. Thank you, thank you for having you're me. You're not on. just a director; you're a you're a Hollywood director, getting films made, Indeed. making things happen. Indeed, sir. And uh, I, I, we met because you made the film Beyond the Gates, which has a, it has, it, I guess a, it has a, it, it pays homage to uh, a genre of film that I have some to, experience with. Yeah, that uh, you somewhat directly inspired uh no. it's uh you know nightmare on elm street 4 was the first horror movie i ever watched so it was uh very much fit in my dna growing up so well uh i i'm glad to be in your dna <laughs> <laughs> i think for those of you who are just tuning in and you don't know i was in the Nightmare was in Nightmare on Elm Street. The uh, four, the Dream Master, played the role of Rick, the the good brother, the good boyfriend, and the dead meatball. And the Karate Master. And the yeah. Karate. I don't know if he would, if Rick would claim to be a master, but well, he, he was certainly a, he was certainly on his way to. He could have been a master if that darn Freddy Krueger hadn't gotten in the way. <laughs> that darn Freddy Krueger. And one of the reasons we got in touch is because you were getting in touch with me because this week, of course it'll be in the past, but this week, or next week, we're, we're going to be, we're both going to be at the, it's not, what is it, Man's? The Chinese, Chi- yeah. It's, it's not called Grauman's or Man's, well, it's just no, called it's the, the Chinese It's the Chinese now. 6 now. The Chinese the, 6. The, the, the Grauman's is just the IMAX screen that they have, and then, you know, there's six theaters upstairs where... You know they play all the other first-run movies, but they're they're doing a Nightmare on Elm Street four thirtieth anniversary, anniversary. Oh, wow. 30th wow. anniversary, 
And uh, oh, you were a small child when you were. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, oh, whatever. Um, I was thinking it was funny because the X was saying they just had their 40th anniversary. Right. So I'm, I'm about 10. I'm think I'm probably about 10 years younger than X. So <laughs> so basically, yeah, so we're going to be and it's uh, the whole cast is going to be there and Rennie Harlan the first time that I'm going to be on going to see Rennie Harlan oh. who directed it since we since he directed it. Wow. which should be an interesting experience. And uh, John Easdale, who's been a guest on the show from the band Dramarama, who sang the song that's most associated with my character. He's going to be there playing a song. Oh, we're wow. On, he's he's going to play it. And, and I think we're going to have Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday's going to sing anything, oh, anything with him. So that's going to be awesome. Tuesday night, who played my... Uh, she she was my played my girlfriend in the movie, and was my girlfriend in real life. And she is the daughter of Baker Knight, a great songwriter who wrote songs for the Everly Brothers and yeah. Ricky Martin, Nelson, Ricky Nelson, yeah. Elvis Presley. Yeah, yeah she, and she's a great songwriter, great singer and songwriter Absolutely. in her own right. So uh, anyway, that's to set the you know you, everyone else. I've been like, oh, how do you know Dead Rock West, <laughs> Jackson? How do you know Dead Rock West? Um, you know, I, I mainly just through. The, Listening to tunes on the internet from you know oh, wow. being being a youngin and uh, just kind of discovering music randomly through Whoa. you know uh, these these like MySpace pages where they'd have like someone's <laughs> song playing or whatever. I, I don't know if you guys ever got into that, but yeah, that was that was kind of the main thing there. That's how you know Dead Rock West, or that's how you know. Like, are you familiar with their music before this? Well, yeah. I mean, like that was like that was like the first sort of like uncovering I I had because I mean back then it was you know like when I was fresh out of high school it's like you would just go to like someone's page and then you just yeah. hear these like random songs that you didn't really have access totally. to. Yeah. So that's wild. I had that's no idea. Pretty crazy. That's yeah. pretty awesome. That's <laughs> so oh I mean, I'm sure uh, like I, that's probably like a faux pas because I'm, you know, I don't think anyone was like making any money off of uh, no, <laughs> like MySpace. Someone made that guy Tom. Whatever, yeah, but, he made a ton of money. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, you yeah. can't see it. It's did the Tom face on for. for <laughs> So that was a good one. So uh, so now, uh, and, be, and and when you when I was texting with you about this, you were kind of excited because uh, to be on a show with John Doe, who is an actor, has yes. been in so many films that you enjoy. Yeah, well, I mean, the the interesting thing with him uh, was that it, he he had such like a long career, and then he you know went from um, you know being an ex to appearing in like movies that Francis Ford Coppola directed and Paul Thomas Anderson and all this other stuff where it's, I was just like, God, that's such a crazy career trajectory to kind of yeah. see that over such a long period of time and also to just, you know, stay in the game for that length of time too. And yeah. just, it, it, and the band just being together for 30, 40, 40, years. 40 years. That's 40, 40 like, I, I mean, the, there's so few bands that are. I mean, name one punk rock band that has all original members 40, 40 no, years later. There's none. I mean, they're all. <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, the Ramones didn't even crack, like, it, they barely cracked, like, 20, I think, right? And it, even then, it was like they were still changing up members and stuff. Yeah. Like, because. I can't remember when, like, Dee Dee left, but, I, I mean, I, I remember him being kind of a, a problem child or whatever with them, so I don't know. But, yeah, it's big tangent there. 
tangents is our biz- tangents is us here on Radio Eight Ball. <laughs> tangents is us. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, well, let's let, then let's get down to the let's get down to the meat of this Radio Eight Ball thing, which is your question. All right. Well, in in the interest of synchronicity, I, I'm really fascinated with people's responses to this question because I feel like it, it tells a lot about the individual, but. I was very curious what both of your your thoughts were. Now, you, you understand this? We're not going to get their thoughts. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll just ask it to the universe then, okay. I guess. Yeah. So, does the Mandela effect exist? Does the Mandela effect exist? Okay. Well, uh, the way this is going to work now, we're down to two songs left on the board. Radio Silence, song number two, and song number three, More Love. And we are going to use the binary oracular divination tool. It's one of the oldest divination tools known to humanity. It is the coin, the Radio 8 coin. If it comes up heads, it's going to be radio silence. If it comes up tails, it's going to be more love. The coin is yours, Jackson. All right. And now flip the Radio 8 coin. Well, that was a little flip, but that's what came yeah. up. Tails. Tails. No, tails, more love. So the response to what's up with the Mandela effect. Do you want to tell, uh, while they're getting the, their stuff together, do you want to tell us what the Mandela effect is for people who don't know what that to. is? I would love to. So the Mandela effect is, basic, is based on this idea that a lot of people had this false memory uh, that Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 1980s when, oh. in fact— that was not the case. Um, and it, it's more recently extended into the a lot of other areas of um, pop culture where people remember the Berenstein Bears having an E instead of an A at the end of the name. And there's this is just spread over, you know, thousands and thousands of people who all remember something very specifically. And then it, it didn't turn out to – it does not turn out to be true. So – it's uh, it's kind of like a more recent phenomena, but it's uh, something I've been really fascinated with, and I I just always I, I always like hearing what people's thoughts are on it. Cool. Well, now we're gonna get the answer from Dead Rock West, randomly chosen. More love. To a dark sky Listening to a country song That was a tough one last year, honey I just know it won't be long For love, love Some nights drifting through the screen, quiet all at once, and floating like a dream. A gentle breeze blowing like baby's breath, 
Dead Rock West, the answer to Jack, director Jackson Stewart's question, <laughs> what's up with the Mandela effect? So, <coughs> let it out, Cindy. <laughs> it's been happening all night. So, <clears throat> let's all just cough a little bit. <clears throat> we'll get that. Nobody will know. God damn, you guys are great. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That was fantastic. So good. So good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so that was More Love. That's from the that's the the opening track that we discussed on the new record. This is the song that, that they eventually settled on to be the opening track. It is. And the the title of the record, More Love. More Love. So we only have to do this two more times. So we'll 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 do this dance again. Frank, as the as the the creator of this song, uh, is there anything? Uh, maybe let's even let's let you let's skip talking about what the song is about. Let's just talk about how it answered the question. What do you think about how this song relates to the this? thing of false memory, the idea of false memories or potentially like some of the I think I guess part of the idea of the Mandela effect is people who believe that maybe there's some conspiratorial aspect to it, that the the memory is what's real. Yeah. And that someone like that maybe time travel exists and someone went back and changed things. So with all of that in mind, how do you feel like this song might relate to that concept? The song we just sang? 
with yeah. a song coming up. No, the one you just played. What is reality? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's I mean, that's that's something that a song addresses uh straight away, you know, like uh is is a song a melody or is it just a memory? Is a song a truth or is it the truth? Is the song, you know, what is a song? Does it even exist? I play chords on my guitar and they make they make sounds that come out of them and and uh, you know, what is it? What is it? I don't know. You know, I don't know. To me, my memories are the only thing that, you know, the things that I've lived through, those are what I write about. The things I haven't lived lived through but may dream about, I write about, but makes them just as real as my past memories. But they don't exist anymore because they're the past. So what am I doing when I'm writing a song? You know, I'm doing all of it. It's all part of this incarnation, this this meat suit that we're in. It's full of emotion and blood, sight, feeling, and touch, memories, aspirations, dreams, nightmares, sleeplessness, hunger. It's full of all of that, joy, birth, death, loss, all of it, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm meandering, but a song to me is a holy place. You know, it's uh it's a chapel. When a song is written, it's like I'm building a chapel, a place to go to be and dwell in. It's something that you can go and you know, if you're feeling good, the song will make you feel good. If you're feeling bad, you can go to that song and it will speak to you. So, Cindy, what did you think about how that song might have answered the question? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I don't know why it made me think of this, but <laughs> is Elvis alive? You know, it's kind of that same yeah. thing. So, but the song in relation to the question for me was, yeah, there. I might meander for a moment. There's no, I mean, time is irrelevant, really. There's mm-hmm. no time. So this is how this question came to be, I think, about the Mandela effect. But so there's no time, like Frank was saying, in a song, really. And there's, it's what you make of it. So that's what people are doing in their minds with the song and with the question mm-hmm. in my mind. Well, what did you, what did you think, succinct. Jackson? That was good. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, I, I was very impressed with Frank's answer because I, I thought that was pretty, pretty spot on as far as what I, my general take of it is, is like the way our, our memories kind of, you know, it, it's like they no longer exist, but you obviously take every everything from the past into what you're you're doing creatively or just, you know, uh, in your day to day life. It's like so much of our sort of emotional memory is uh, our, our daily behavior is like informed by that. And so, uh, you know, to me, it just seemed like I, what you were saying there really, really touched mm. on that in a, a fairly deep way i thought so um you know i'm, I'm just gonna piggyback off of uh frank's answer basically <laughs> <laughs> well there were well, the, there were a few there were a couple of lines that jumped out to me is particularly at the opening just like this idea of looking up into a dark sky is like you're looking into infinity it's like the, the mandela effect because on one sense one sense it just looks like a block of 
quite finite, like this big black shield over. And then on the other time, on the other hand, when you're looking at it, you know that you're looking into as infinite the infinite as we could possibly comprehend. And then listening to a country song as the next line is almost like it's the same thing, like Frank's difficulty with this format. And I don't mean this in a bad way. You're that's like I said, it's a it's a well, common thing for it, songwriters. I don't take it that way, yeah. So I like mean, listening, it's like listening to a country song is like looking into that dark sky. It's incredibly finite. It's a little thing. It's maybe on a forty-five or on a like it's a it's actually a thing. And at the same time, when you gaze into it, you're gazing into something that is infinite and mysterious and magical and something that can't you can't really comprehend. Even the songwriter sometimes can't comprehend it. It's an opening scene. It's, it's setting a scene. You know, it's, that's what it is. It's looking into expanse. Can I just say one last, because the, the next line, that was a tough one last year, honey, brings in that temporal, that, that time aspect. Something happened when you say something that was a tough one last year, honey, we went through a trauma. And when you go through a trauma, it messes with your memories, which in a way goes back to my initial question, the... Yeah. Dylan and the Dylan and Moses song, and it goes to that idea of fake news that Peter brought up. As we get to the end of a show, it starts to happen the way an album will tie together at the end, and everything is sort of about everything. We're at that point in the show where sort of everything is about everything in the final act, like screenwriting, where mm-hmm. all of it comes <laughs> together. What is your what is your relationship with the Mandela effect? Jackson. Well, I mean, my big one was the Berenstein Bears because when I when I was growing up and I was a little kid, I was learning to read off of those books. And one of the very um, one of my really strong memories with it was it, it was one of the first words I learned to read was Berenstein, and then you know there was the e yeah. at the end, and <laughs> then suddenly a few months or maybe it was like a year or so ago. I went and saw that it, it, there was like all these sort of um, blogs writing about it. It's like, oh, it's actually the Berenstain Bears. And I, I was like, I'm like, that's not right. I was like, that can't be. And then I was like, there must have been like a misprint on something I read. And then that's why. And then it just turns out it was like, no, it was always that. And everyone I talked to, like there's kids I went to school with and all these other people that remembered it exactly the same way that I did. And so – it was clear to me that it it seemed like there was some kind of glitch in the matrix or something in the the universe obviously it, this wasn't just like a one off thing of like oh i remembered like wearing a red shirt that day and it turns out according to this photo it was actually like a brown shirt or just something silly like that but that you, it's a shared experience amongst a bunch of different people yeah it's like there's people i've never met that had that same experience. And so to me, like I'd never seen any phenomena like that aside from, you know, the the Nelson Mandela thing I wasn't really alive for and I didn't have any memory of that. But it was just something really fascinating because there was no real precedent for that. When I first heard about the Mandela effect, I was sure that it was the Mandala effect. Oh, yeah. And so I think that originally... Like, how did it become this Mandela thing when it was originally the Mandala thing? I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Maybe I just misinterpreted it. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was convinced that my mom had told me that she went to Paul and Linda McCartney's wedding. Oh, really? Whoa. She didn't. Hmm. And oh, I, my God. And she would always – and everything – whenever anytime I thought something that – I was sure of something, she'd be like – is this like the Paul and Linda McCartney? Like, I swear you told me, Mom, that you went to it. Yeah. Well, it's also, too, it's like there's stuff where, you know, we all have our memories and we end up kind of forgetting 
it's like they all get very fuzzy, but there's stuff where it's like if suddenly you found out that James Bond was James Band with an A or whatever, you wouldn't – you'd be like, that's that's just wrong. Like if you just woke up the next day and then everything was now supporting that, you'd be like, what the fuck happened to that? Mm. And so it's – you know, I, I certainly haven't uh, figured out the answer to it, but there's a lot you of You know that. it is James Band, don't you? <laughs> it could be. I mean the way – where everything's going, that I, I would not be surprised if that changed at some point. <laughs> so you think that there is something going on? Yeah, definitely. Well, it's also too. It's I also mean, you make supernatural horror films, so yeah. this is this is where your mind goes. Well, absolutely. But the other thing too, I was going to mention is the. I mean, you've you've obviously seen Repo Man, but that that whole universal consciousness idea of like you know thinking about like a pancake or whatever and then someone says pancake five seconds later it's quantifying those things is very difficult and i think now because we have smartphones or whatever and we're a lot more tuned into what everyone's doing in the world it's a little bit easier to figure out but um i don't know it's just it's like there was so many of those freaky sort of coincidences over the course of uh, my life and everyone else's that it just it just seemed like something that should be talked about more. I'm so curious if by invoking the Mandela effect that that will happen to this episode in some way, that there'll be something that we think was true about this episode that by the time it comes out or sometime in the future, they'll be like, does he have to go pee? We have a dog that's in the studio that has to go. Okay. (laughs) Okay, well, that was uh, that synchronicity too. Mike is going to go to the bathroom, and Jackson is going to go to Vancouver and make a movie. Indeed. And Frank <laughs> is not going to tell us where he's going, but wherever he's going, he's going to get there. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. It's a good show. <laughs>